Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here on this Thursday, Thursday of the 10th week in Ordinary Time. I'm Josh Raymond. How are those gas prices doing where you live? How much does it cost to fill up your car? I'm not trying to bring you down right at the very beginning of the hour. Uh, yeah, it's, it's getting up there, huh? Uh, when I was in college, there was a gas station near the university where they had gas for 96 cents a gallon. 96 cents, less than a dollar. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Now, uh, where I live, we're getting close to $6 a gallon. And uh, thinking about that, thinking about inflation, you know, Boy, it kind of brings back some of those memories of the recession back in 2008. That was such a rough time for so many of us. Did you feel that squeeze back then, too? During the fall of 2008, my wife, she was involved in a traffic accident. She was a pedestrian. And after that, there were all these medical bills that we found ourselves. uh, We were actually in a position where we needed legal representation for insurance purposes. And our attorney... He told us, okay, well, you know, we'll get this process going and it'll, you know, take most likely several months. So while you're waiting for the ruling, the settlement, just go ahead and start putting those, uh, those medical bills. You can just charge them to whatever credit cards you have. And so we started doing that. We put those initial medical bills on a couple of different cards that we had. And it wasn't anything that was concerning for us. We weren't worried. We had a couple of cards with fairly high limits. I think one was somewhere around maybe like 15,000 and another was around $25,000 as far as credit limit. And when we started to charge those medical bills, when we got maybe about halfway through the credit limit of each of those cards, the credit card companies, they immediately, they cut the limits on both cards to the point where we had already charged up to that at that amount. So they cut it in half. And now, because those cards were with this cut credit limit, now because they were at that maxed out, the companies raised the interest rates up on us massively. I think it was like 18 or 19%. And we said, whoa, 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 what is going on here? We were completely caught off guard by this, blindsided. So all that credit that we thought we would have that was going to be able to be used temporarily, that was gone. And because those cards were maxed out, that automatically dropped our credit score so that we didn't have any other options. We weren't able to apply for credit. And you remember what it was like if you were living through that time. There weren't a lot of options for credit. So we were in this financial pinch at that time. And I mean, here and now I'm talking about it. So we obviously made it through it. But it was so stressful at the time. 
And after that, after talking with more and more people about their experience during the recession in those years, 2008, 2009, I discovered that this sort of thing happened to several people that we knew. They had that same sort of experience, the credit card company cutting their available credit to where the card was then maxed out and then their interest rates were jacked up because they had maxed out their credit card, even though they really hadn't. And this was at that same time that Wall Street and the banks, the the banks, the ones that were deemed too big to fail, they were being bailed out by the federal government. And I know I'm not alone here, but I found myself so angry and so frustrated at those institutions that were responsible for our national financial crisis. And then these credit card companies, to do something so despicable, so unethical, not just to our family, but to so many people, so many families throughout the country. Again, I was so angry at these institutions, not only the institutions, the people that were in leadership at these these different financial uh, institutions and, and just the situation in general. But time went by and I got over that anger and I don't usually hold on to anger. I'm a pretty relaxed and content person for the most part. Then I ended up watching this movie. This was only about four years ago and it brought it all back for me. This film is called The Big Short. It had been out for a few years by the time I watched it. And inside of the two hours of that movie, telling the story of the recession and the housing bubble here in the U.S., I could not believe how upset that movie made me. All of that anger from almost 10 years earlier, I found it resurfacing, especially more and more as as that movie went by. And while it was a very well-made film, and it really is important that we don't forget the lessons that we learned from that time in our history... I don't know if I'm ever going to watch that film again, because when I watched it, I also then had to be confronted with the fact that if I was getting this angry again that many years later, was there something that I was holding on to where I wasn't being merciful? I wasn't willing to forgive those who had wronged me. And they didn't, they didn't know that they had personally wronged me, but was I still holding on to that? I thought I'd moved on from that anger, but maybe I hadn't. Have you ever found yourself in that kind of situation where you thought your anger and your frustration, they were behind you? Only to have those emotions then pop up unexpectedly. Those feelings rekindled because some event, it triggered a memory. If you're dealing with anger in your life, what can you do to truly move past that anger? This is what we want to talk about today on The Inner Life. We want to understand the dangers of holding on to anger and the reality of how anger can even hold us back from knowing God better. More importantly, we want to discuss how we can let go of that anger and allow God to work in our lives so that we can become peaceful and patient and merciful and forgiving. And joining us is our spiritual director for the hour, Father Chris Walsh is back with us once again. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, the pastor of St. Raymond of Penafort Catholic Church there in Philly. Father Chris, welcome back to The Inner Life. Uh, glad to be able to talk with you today. 
Thank you so much, and thank you for selecting such a really important uh, topic, which affects just about every human being I know. Yeah, well, I, I don't think there's any way around it. And, you know, part of that is we are emotional beings, you know, and, and as we talk about anger and trying to understand anger, it, it starts off as, as an emotion, but then as with all emotional responses, we have to decide what we're going to do with that emotion, with that emotional response, what will our next actions be. So can maybe you talk a little bit as we begin the hour here, talk about the difference between the emotions, that first flare up of an angry, angry response, but then the actions that we then allow to accompany that emotion. Yeah, it's, it's such a key, uh, key reality. Our emotions are just that, they're emotions. I feel angry, I, I feel uh, frustrated, I feel envious, right? And, and the feeling itself is not sinful, however, it, it can set us up for sin. And, and, and we always know that in order for them to be sinful, we have to make the choice, right? Uh, the, the church has always taught that all sorts of things mitigate the sinfulness, even if we act, Right? If there's a habit, if there's coercion, if there's you know, some sort of impairment, our, our culpability is lessened. But sin does require an act. Now, that act might be in thought, it might be in speech, it might be in action. So I could commit a sin of anger in my mind, um, but that's not the same as feeling angry. Right? I feel angry, but I still have to make the choice <clears throat> that I'm going to think in an angry way, I'm going to hold on to my anger, or I'm going to speak a word in anger, or I'm going to you know, physically assault or move away in a, in a frustrating way and slam doors, acting in my anger. And, and so that's a key distinction. Feeling angry, normal human reaction. But at some point I have to make a choice in order for that anger to become sinful and thus you know, more seriously dangerous for us. You know, uh, anger, that word, the old English word, wrath, is also used um, interchangeably. But regardless of which word we use, anger or wrath, it's listed as one of the seven deadly sins. Why is anger such a potentially dangerous sin for us? Yeah, it's a really great question because in some ways we we, we dismiss it. Um, that, okay, every, everyone gets angry as if that's somehow a justification. Oh, yeah, I've heard uh, people even things. depending on, you know, ethnicity. Oh, I'm, I'm Irish, so I get, you know, I get wound up. Or I'm Italian, I'm passionate about exactly. that, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah, so, <laughs> but but rather than dismiss it, why is it so dangerous? Yeah, why is it deadly, right? Because it is, it is a key thing, right? The, the church's tradition has long had these seven deadly sins. Why are they deadly? Well, first off, because they lead to the death of a relationship with God in us if they take hold. Um, but they can also be deadly to our relationships with others, and they can be deadly to a life of grace. Um, and getting ready for today, I just thought, you know, what's a good definition for anger? And, um, you know, as always, we just go to the computer. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure I have a physical dictionary somewhere, but the computer seems easier. But was, the one offer offering was a strong feeling of displeasure. But then the second definition I thought was very important, a threatening or violent appearance or state, right? When we're angry, we can appear to be violent or begin to be threatening towards others as this displeasure at a situation or something someone has done to us or just the circumstances of life. And why does it become deadly? Because it's killing something 
killing our relationship with God, killing our path to sanctity, killing a relationship. You know, we've all been on the receiving end of someone else's anger, and we can affirm, oh, yeah, wow, that is, that's deadly. <laughs> you know, when, when, when he or she gets riled up, when they start speaking in anger, when they start acting in anger, it's deadly. Well, we can see it in others. Please, God, Josh, we can see it in ourselves as well. You know, the other thing that is also, <laughs> when we talk about it being truly deadly, that violence that you're talking about that comes in with it. Today at Mass, we hear Jesus. He's in the midst of his Sermon on the Mount, but the Gospel reading, it picks up, and uh, it's kind of early in that sermon. Jesus is talking about anger, and he equates it to murder. So not only is it, you know, violent, but as you said, deadly to the point of killing someone. He starts off by saying, you've heard it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill. Whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I, I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Uh, that's a pretty strong statement coming from Jesus. And it's really kind of the first thing that he says to the public, uh, to any followers in his, his ministry as he's beginning, at least in St. Matthew's Gospel. And I think all we have to do, Josh, is in, in most cases, look to our families, right? We're aware where something was said or done, and someone got angry. And again, that in and of itself is not a sin. But when that anger now takes hold, and people begin choosing sides, and people begin offering blame and casting blame, what happens? <laughs> families divide it. And those divisions go on for a long time in some cases. People even forget what the division caused it all. We just know we don't talk to that side of the family. Um, and, and so that's why Jesus is saying, like, yeah, like destruction happens, right? Kids grow up not knowing their grandparents, not knowing their aunts or uncles, right, because this happened. What did Christ come to do? To unite, right, to, to pull together. And yet so often our anger over situations, our anger towards a group of people, um, it, it divides. And so it goes right against what Christ himself was doing when we allow it to take hold, when we allow it uh, to, to, to root. And that's why Jesus is, is raising it up, because let's be honest, praise God, most of us are never going to kill someone, right? None of us are going to, most of us are never going to take a life of another human being. However, the way we speak about someone, the way we cut someone off, the way we, you know, they're dead to me kind of stuff, well, well, Christ takes that seriously, because what's his great commandment? Love one another. Yeah. And, and, and when I choose to hold on to my anger, when I allow my anger to become resentment, I, I, I'm causing you know, someone, to, in effect, to, to die. I'm violating the commandment to love. Father Chris Walsh is our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. As we're talking about that, that emotion that can turn into sin, anger, what has helped you to let go of anger in your life? Are there any tips, any behaviors that have helped you to be able to get past that anger, to be able to remain calm, to find that peace that God offers? Maybe you're struggling with anger right now. You find it difficult to be able to be a merciful person, to, to offer forgiveness for somebody who has hurt you or has done something that upset you. Uh, if you'd like to call in, you can speak with Father Chris Walsh, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, going back to the gospel reading that we hear at Mass, so Jesus compares, um, he compares anger to murder. But then right after that, he says, 
if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift at the altar. Basically, what's the most important thing you could do is the time that you're spending with God. But if you have this issue, this this uh, uh, you know anger that is built up, that is still it hasn't been reconciled yet between you and your fellow human, you need to stop what you're doing immediately. And he says, go first and be reconciled with your brother, then come back. And he then says, settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. So this is of such importance that he, he, he's saying everything else in life needs to really be put on hold so you can get this taken care of. Uh, you may be aware, Judge, that there's been a long conversation in, in the liturgical world of the Catholic Church around the sign of peace. You know, should it be in the Mass at all, right? It was something that was certainly added by the Second Vatican Council. But is it in the right place? Um, some have said that it should be, you know, sort of right after the Creed and before we bring our gifts to be true to the Scriptures. Uh, the idea that before I even bring my offering, <laughs> in order to offer myself purely, I need to not have a, a, a beef with someone. Right, I've, don't I've got have to be, a grudge, yeah. Exactly, right? And, and so, I mean, if we're going to take the scriptures more literally, now the litur- liturgical folks say, well, we're doing it before we come to receive communion, and, and, and so it's a more of a manifestation that, you know, in order to receive Holy Communion, I have to have a disposition that I want to be at peace, so it sort of satisfies it there. But, but many years ago, I was working at a summer camp in the South Bronx with the Missionaries of Charity. The sister who ran the, the summer camp was a, a real fireball, and um, I, I loved her a great deal, a wonderful woman, uh, but, but very strong passions. And her fuse was short. And there was a young woman who worked in the summer camp that summer um, who had gone against the sister's policy on something. And, and it became known, and, and the sister was very upset and had made it known to this uh, young woman one day after camp uh, that, that she had done wrong and she had disappointed her and she was frustrated. The next day we were having Mass. Each Friday we were having Mass. So we're in the church. At the sign of peace, it was the most beautiful sight. I was so blessed to see it. That sister left where she was seated, came to the exact opposite side of the church, and apologized to that volunteer for having lost her cool, shown her anger, and asked her to forgive her. You know, the sister was doing exactly what the scriptures say, right? Before you approach the Eucharist, before you approach and say yes to the body of Christ, yes, I believe this is the body and blood of Christ, but also, yes, I want to be a part of the body of Christ, then we have to be reconciled. And I'm mindful of that, right? I stand before a community that I do life with every Sunday. And sometimes they step on my toes and sometimes I step on their toes. Sometimes words are spoken, you know, that, 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 that weren't done with the greatest love. And, and so that sign of peace, I take it very seriously. Even if I can't get to the person, at least in my mind, I'm saying, you know what, I, I did that person wrong. Lord, I'm sorry. I want, I want to yeah. be one with you. I want a pure offering. Please forgive me. Yeah, repair that, that broken relationship there as best as you can in the moment. And, uh, but then also, yeah, try and get to it as quick as possible, even if you, if you can't do it in person or over the phone or, yeah, as quickly as you can. Uh, Father Chris Walsh, uh, again, our spiritual director here, the phone number to call in and join us on The Inner Life today, 888-914-9149, talking about how we can deal with anger in our life. And maybe that's a real struggle for you. Maybe that anger has gotten a hold on you, or maybe you see it in somebody that you love. They're struggling with anger, and you don't know how to help them, how to be able to maybe encourage them so that they don't keep on (laughs) just going down that same path that they can turn away from that, let it go, 
find the peace and the healing that God wants to offer them. You can call in and speak with Father Chris Walsh at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, our email address, relevantradio.com. Coming up, we'll talk also about the the non-sinful side of anger, how we can have a righteous anger, and those times where it is appropriate to have that. That's next here. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, flexible premium life insurance. For less than $12 a month, a 40-year-old can get a half million dollars of coverage. Go to relevantradio.com slash forester an Illinois Life Insurance Society, not available in all states. This music doesn't sound angry at all, Nick. This is very, very peaceful and mellow, which is nice because we don't want to give in to that sin of anger. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Thanks to Nick Sentovich and Thomas Angesser helping to produce the program today. Thank you for listening and being part of the program. Uh, today, our spiritual director is Father Chris Walsh as we are talking about anger. And maybe that's something you struggle with in your life. Uh, maybe you've been able to make strides against anger. You've been able to keep your temper in check. You've uh, been able to let go of some of that anger when somebody has hurt you. Uh, how has that come about? What are some of the, the different techniques, the tips, the behaviors that you've been able to use that allow you to remain calm where maybe in the past you would have gotten angry? We'd love to hear from you. 888-914-9149 is the phone number to call into the studio here and join us on the program. 888-914-9149. Uh, Father, let's talk about that aspect of anger where it isn't sinful. And we made reference to this a little bit in the previous segment, but uh, St. Paul very specifically in his letter to the Ephesians, he echoes the words out of Psalm 4 where he says, be angry, but do not sin. And we talked about how uh, anger is, it's an emotion, but I think it's one of those rare emotions that where it can be sinful, but also cannot be sinful for us, depending on how we respond. You know, in, in looking at some of the other seven deadly sins, I don't think you could make the same case. I don't think there's ever a time where I could think of envy as being a righteous or a good thing, you know, because I'm always wanting what the other person has. I'm wanting to take it from them. I want less for them and more for me. So that that is only a prideful thing. Lust, you know, gluttony. Some of these I just can't think of, of an instance. But with anger, there is this possibility for anger to be channeled in this non-sinful, this righteous manner. Can you help us kind of, you know, have a better grasp, a better understanding of this? Sure. I, I think that... Um you know, we all hear, you know, we know that story of, of Jesus uh, turning over the tables in, in the Father's house, right? Because they're charging too much for the animals that need to be sold. And um, and we all think, you know, oh, well, you know, Jesus got angry. Okay, yes. Uh, are we totally pure of heart the way he was at that moment? Right? Jesus wasn't upset because someone had hurt him. No one had said anything to him. No one had said anything about him. He, he was acting in this righteous anger purely uh, out of love for his father and out of care for the poor who were being ripped off, right? There, there, Jesus, in a sense, had no skin in the game when he's acting uh, in this way. And so 
the righteous anger that the church encourages, in a sense, and I think it connects, I think, going with the last time or the time before that I was on, and we talked about meekness. Um, you know, meekness is when we, uh, we don't get angry when we've been hurt, but we're willing to get angry when someone else has been hurt. So, so what does that look like? Well, certainly in causes of justice, right? If, uh, you know, we know someone's been hurt, you know, someone's been abused, someone's been neglected, there's been some injustice where a poor person has been robbed, uh, well, then we, we act on that, right? And our anger fuels us to work for justice. That's not the same as retaliation. So with that, that idea of working for justice, uh, one of the things that I read recently, this was St. John Chrysostom, he talks about that idea of a righteous anger, and he, he really takes the regular thought of anger and sin, and he flips it on his head. He says, he who is not angry when he has cause to be, sins. For unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. And I, I kind of took this to mean that if I do see some injustice that's being done, and I simply stand to the side, and I don't say anything or I don't do anything to correct this injustice, then I'm guilty of that sin of omission. Um, you know, I should, I should be angry at circumstances and situations caused by people that take advantage or, you know, it marginalizes or devalues anyone or any group. Um, you know, one of the more, I guess, recent ways of saying that might be all it takes for evil to triumph is for yes. good people to do nothing. That's right. That's right. And I think that, you know, I love the, whenever I use the word apathy, I'm reminded of a story that unfolded uh, when I taught high school. A, a teacher shared in the faculty room at lunch that he was talking about in the political process that the challenge of apathy. And a young student raised her hand and said, well, um, what does that mean? And he said, well, it means that you don't care. And she goes, no, I do care. I just don't know what the word means. <laughs> so, um, but But sadly today, one of the sins of selfishness that pervades Right. And so we we hear stories about, you know, the elderly, you know, being you know taken advantage of. We hear stories about, again, even as this economy unfolds and we're paying crazy prices for gas, um, certainly some of it is supply chain stuff. Some of it's part of this, uh, you know, recession that we're in or whatever's going on with the economy. But part of it is, you know, oil companies are taking advantage and charging more than they need to to make more of a profit. Uh, in, in a similar way, you know, it's, it's not just on the one end where people are, you know, the poor are taken advantage of. We're all taken advantage of, sometimes by corporate greed, right, and, 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 and the pharmaceutical world and, and, and healthcare world, insurance world, right? There's, there's frauds and injustices all over the place. And for us to say, wow, this is wrong. This is wrong, and I need to speak up, right? Because, again, what, what needs to happen for evil to win when good people do nothing, when good people do nothing. And so that's always the animation uh, of our lives in the church, that we have a righteous anger, um, which, which, again, it's not just affecting me, though. It has to be, I'm, I'm, I'm pure, I have pure intention for the good of others, for the person who was wronged. Well, and that, that was going to be, yeah. So how do we take that pure intention, that care, uh, you know, when, when we have that anger, then... What are what are those next steps that we can do where we we want to bring about change? We don't want to be that person who does nothing and just lets evil continue on its way. What are some things we can do that won't you know we can be angry but not sin as Saint Paul tells us? <laughs> yeah, and and again I, th I think it's first off the way we often sin is with our mouth, right? So all I'm going to do is complain, 
right? Oh, this person did me wrong. Oh, this person at work, uh, you know, well, no, am I willing to actually put it on paper? Am I willing to make a phone call, right? Whether it's to an oil company, you know, or, or, or whatever. Uh, recently, right, when Russia invaded, you know, Ukraine and people were right, rightfully upset. I think there was lots of righteous anger at that moment, right? The big bad Russia invading Ukraine. And obviously the issue is complex. I don't want to oversimplify it. But I knew lots of folks who realized, okay, Luke Oil, big gas station here on the East Coast, owned by the Russian government. Um, and so therefore, you know, I'm not going to shop at, at, at Luke Oil, and I'm going to actually stop and go into the store and tell the people I'm not buying gas here anymore because of what Russia did to Ukraine. So again, there was a selflessness there, right? Maybe the person had to inconvenience himself a little bit and drive out of the way or pay even a few cents more if Luke Oil was cheaper. Um, but they did something. They did something. Now, does that change the whole situation? Well, obviously not. Russia, Russia's still in Ukraine. Um, but it's something. It's, it's something. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not firebombing something. I'm not you know, picking a, a fight with a Russian person I know. But I'm doing something to act towards justice and, and to act more justly in my own life. Talking with Father Chris Walsh here on The Inner Life today. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, pastor of St. Raymond of Penafort Catholic Church, also taking your phone calls as we discuss anger here during our hour of spiritual direction. Our studio phone number, you can call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Tessa, who's calling in from Tucson, Arizona. Tessa, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air. Hi. Um, so I um, have had a lot of experience with anger and resentment over my life. I was actually so angry one time from something that happened for like 12 years or maybe more. And I thought I had forgiven this person so I felt like I had. But when the anger, I've been holding on to it so long that when they came up, it was such scary anger that I was terrified that as a person who loved God and served God, I could have this kind of anger inside of me. And um, like I said, it was absolutely the scariest kind of anger. But anyway, um, throughout the years, now that I'm a little older and wiser, kind of wiser, what I have learned is um, that people do things sometimes on purpose and sometimes not, and it's just in just how they respond. But I take time... I try to take time before I respond so that I don't respond irrationally. But the best thing that I learned to do is, um, probably it's only kind of recently in the past, probably, I don't know, four or five years, um, I was really upset with somebody that I totally expected them to behave completely differently than the way they did because they were supposed to be um, a leader, you know, a, a, um, a spiritual leader. And so my mom very wisely says, did you say a rosary for him? I said, I'm like, oh, all right, I guess I could do that. So I said a rosary, and then I probably said another. But the crazy thing was is that I, my, the anger inside of me subsided completely. And my anger towards them, like I didn't, I, when I saw them, I didn't feel angry. And it changed the relationship between that person and me. And the other thing I've learned is if I do have something I need to talk to somebody about, that, you know, this is something that needs to be aired. I, um, sometimes it could take me a couple months. Like, I have to, like, process it and pray a lot. But then before I go talk to them, um, I, I invoke the Holy Spirit, either quietly just within me or, you know, 
sometimes I'll just say, we need to pray before we start. And I invoke the Holy Spirit because I, you know, I don't want to ruin our relationship and they're a really strong God person. And I feel like the devil gets in there to, like, separate us. Um, so that has been my experience with anger. Um, not that I don't get it anymore, but I deal with it. Tessa, I'm so glad you brought up prayer. And Father uh, Chris, you know, I've experienced that in my own life. You know, the the time before I started praying a daily rosary to now where I do pray that rosary every day, just like uh, Tessa was saying. And then I love her, her suggestion also about even if you're starting out in a conversation and you can just say, Let, let's, let's just put the brakes on for a second and let's dedicate this, let's open with prayer. That, that's the perfect starting point. Where, where God is, it's always going to be better, right? Um, I think what Tessa's talking about, and, and, and praise God, Tessa, for your desire to live an intentional Christian life, right? What you did there was you acknowledged that this was there, and you acknowledged that it's not good for you, right? The sin is never good for us. And, and the reality is that sometimes we like holding on to our anger, at least with some people. We, we, we like holding on to it, and, and we, um, we're, we're comfortable at times with the resentment or the bitterness, but it's just not good for us. You've heard the expression, no doubt, Josh. The you know, anger when we're angry with someone, we're giving them free rent in our head. Right. Right. They they've stopped thinking about us probably a long time ago. But there we are carrying it around. And so by stopping to say, okay, wow, this is here. This is not good. I want it to change. I probably can't change it on my own. So I'm going to ask my Lord to save me. I'm going to invite the Lord to come in. I'm going to invite the Lord to expand my heart. I, I, you know, the, the scriptures tell us that, you know, don't return a curse with a curse. Return a blessing instead. And, and we practice this with the kids in our school here, that when someone insults you, actually just say to them, well, God bless you. Yeah. you know, they, it disarms them, but it's also a part of the spiritual battle. Well, right? And we as adults Jesus, have to do it as well. And Jesus says when you do that, you actually heap hot coals upon their head. You know, that if... If they don't cool off, they're going to get even more upset by the fact that you're not upset, and you'll be at peace. We break the cycle. We break the cycle. Yeah. Uh, Tessa, thanks so much for calling in. Father, let's go back to the phones. James is calling in from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Also want to throw out the phone number again as we are talking about how we can deal with peace, but also how we can move or deal with anger, how we can move on from that anger and find peace how we can encounter the mercy of God and be able to then allow that mercy to overflow in our lives so that we aren't angry, we're able to forgive. And the studio line to call in, 888-914-9149. Maybe you've struggled with that anger. Maybe you're currently struggling with it, and you'd like some advice, some encouragement on what you might be able to do to overcome that in your life. 888-914-9149. James, welcome to The Inner Life. Sounds like uh, forgiveness was a real key part of you in, in in a hurt relationship in your family. Yes, it was. Uh, and uh, several years ago, without going into any big details, uh, my wife, or my rather my niece, and the individual that she was going to get married to perpetrated a legal robbery that cost thousands of dollars for me and my wife, and they were not entitled to it at all. But uh, it, and it provoked 
so much anger in me, and, and, and anger leads to revenge. In my case, oh, I was thinking thoughts that I would never ordinarily even dream of, and, you know, even maybe wiping them out. It, it, I mean, it really attacked me very, very badly. But then, in reciting the Lord's Prayer, which says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I dwelt on that and realized that if I didn't forgive them, I could never expect forgiveness when I go before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ when I leave this earth. And so that was the what started me on the road of forgiving. And it's it's uh, and and then also the burden of being miserable during that time. It all it, it all went away because I'm going to forgive. And that's what really did the trick for me when I dwelled on that. That's, that's very simply stated in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And that, that, that's what did it. And today, uh, my wife and I are, and, and, uh, were in, on good terms with my niece and her husband. Praise God for your honesty, right? Because... Um, and, and I think this is where we forget that anger is not just a human emotion, but it's also a tool of the evil one. And, and Josh, you alluded earlier to, um, you know, Paul and his writings on anger and one of his other great quotes, right? you know, don't let the sun go down in your anger. And, and, and that's one of the uh, scripture readings for night prayer, I think on Tuesday night. Why? Because the evil one is going to use our unresolved anger. The evil one is going to use our resentments to sort of take hold within us. Um, those of us who work in uh, any sort of deliverance ministry quickly learn that uh, unforgiveness and, and when we make the choice for anger, uh, these are some of the greatest entry points for the evil one. And so that's why we have to stay on guard. And it will shock us where it goes. Um, I have a gentleman that I um, uh, talk to on the phone, and we exchange letters. He's a uh, um, on death, not on death, but he's a life, uh, serving a life in prison for for killing his uh, girlfriend um, in a fit of anger. He had never done anything like it since. He never did anything after. His hope is that eventually he'll be pardoned, and he's become a very devout Catholic while in prison. But like, what what can happen when he he really let anger take hold? And obviously it went to an extreme that it doesn't happen in most people's yeah. lives. But he wants to give the testimony that, that it can. And I think we see the fruit of that. I'm in Philadelphia, right? We had a mass shooting on Saturday night, right? We see the shootings in the schools. Anger is a part of that. Yeah. These young men who feel boxed out, who feel ignored, who feel like they have no choice, we can't ignore that. Right? And then on the other extreme, right, all the people that die from drunk driving, well, why is the person getting drunk? Right? I think in most cases there's, a, there's an anger issue there that they're trying to numb, right? The, 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 the drug culture that causes so many deaths, right? What's driving that? People are trying to numb their pain. Yeah, self-medicate, right. Someone. Exactly. And so the anger has taken hold. It's not just that I'm, in my rage I'm going to strangle someone, right, which I may want to do at times, right? But, but it manifests in so many ways because the devil takes hold, and so we have to be so on guard. I know I have to be on guard. I know what I'm capable of, and I, and I don't want that to happen, so I need to let Jesus hold on to me. Uh, Father, I'd like to go back to one other thing that James said in his call. He said, you know, when his niece did this, um, you know, there was that, that robbery that happened in their family, that theft, 
he said, the anger that he had, it leads to revenge. And that really stuck out to me because, you know, earlier this week, we talked about the four cardinal virtues. And that word cardinal, we get it from the Latin word cardo, uh, the, the word means hinge. Those virtues are the main ones that hinge uh, everything, all the other virtues hinge upon them. And kind of in that same way as we've been talking about anger being one of those seven deadly sins, it leads, it's an avenue that can lead to so many other sins. And that anger leading to revenge, I think if you take it to its ultimate conclusion, anger, if it's allowed to really fester and grow, it, it eventually just ultimately leads us to hate. And that's the very opposite of love, the opposite of what God is. And if I'm somebody who's really struggling with anger, and I'm starting to tread into that area where anger is transitioning and evolving into hate, what can I do? What, how can I let God work in my life so that his love takes over? It becomes the more powerful uh, operator over that hate. You know, in, in the beautiful tradition of our church, there's the, um, the, the examination of conscience. And in religious communities, there's what's called the general examine and then the particular examine. So if I'm someone who is you know, struggling with anger at this season of my life, then I probably need to spend a little more time being intentional about thinking about my anger and the hold it has and what's causing it, right? What are the roots? And letting that be exposed. In a similar way, a regular confessor, right? We can't all have a spiritual director. We can have a regular confessor that we're seeing every other month, every three months, whatever uh, the need may be. Um, and we're talking about that anger and letting that priest sort of explore that with us and guide our prayer. We may also need a counselor, right? If, if the anger is deep-seated, sometimes after the death of a parent um, or a parent becomes ill and we're taking care of them and we feel like, man, I've never, this parent, I've never made my mother happy. I've never made my father happy. I'm doing everything. My life is on hold and yet I'm not making them happy. Or with an adult child, right? And all of a sudden this, this, this anger is sort of taking hold of us. Um, we might need to talk to someone, right? We need, might need some help. Uh, we might need deliverance ministry, right? To, to, to reject the wounds uh, that have come, that the, to forgive the person, you know, who, is, who has hurt us by what they did or didn't say, did or didn't do. Um, and, and it's a journey. It's a journey, but it always begins by acknowledging that it's there, acknowledging that the pain is real, and, and then beginning to make the movement. Father Chris Walsh, our spiritual director here during this hour of the inner life today, talking about how we can deal with anger. What has helped you to be able to let go of that anger in your life? How have you been able to experience God's peace, God's forgiveness, and be able to then turn around and offer that to those who maybe you were originally angry with, but now you've been able to offer that same mercy and forgiveness to them since you've received that. Maybe you are struggling with that anger right now, and you don't know what to do, and you'd like to talk with Father Chris. 888-914-9149 is the phone number. 888-914-9149, or email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. A lot of you on hold. I know we'll try and get to as many phone calls as we can here coming up right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, is with us here. And we're talking about anger, one of those seven deadly sins, anger, wrath. 
Is that something you struggle with in your life? Or maybe you did struggle with it. You've been able to make some progress of not letting your temper get the best of you, of being able to remain peaceful and calm in situations that maybe in the past would have caused you to get angry. We'd love to hear how you've been able to make that progress. Uh, Maybe some different things that have helped you along your way in your spiritual journey. Our studio line to call in 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. And Father, uh, we've got Pat who is calling in from Chilton, Wisconsin. Pat, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air. Thank you. Um, I I'm 69 years old. I've lived most of my life, uh, and my younger part of my life has been very uh, entrenched with anger and patience and loss of temper. And through prayer to the Blessed Mother with the rosary, also frequent confession, because when I go to confession, it keeps those things in front of my face so that when I go out there and that temptation arises, that pops up into my face immediately that this is the road you're going down. And the other thing I I work to find out is why, uh, what is the cause of anger. And what I have found out is it stems from mostly pride and fear. Through those two avenues, you seem to lose your patience and your temper through either self-defense or or, uh, uh, fear. And the other issue is with people that you can never blame someone else for your anger. They are not responsible for anything you do. You should always be in control of your own uh, senses and your own uh, uh, spiritualness at all times. It's never anybody else's responsibility, no matter what they've done to you. And that's where I've been able to control my temper over the years and my anger over the years to the point where now it only arises very seldom. And I can usually get a preempt from for it where I know it's approaching me. Well done for that awareness and uh, that that willingness to be so vulnerable in admitting that it's there. And and again, you took a multi-pronged approach, uh, which is a really strategic way. And 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 amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Uh, so praise God for your testimony. Yeah, Pat. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, Pat said, I think, is really key there too. He said. I wanted to look and see what is the cause of the anger. And, you know, he saw the the fear or the pride that might be there. But I, I think that's that's a really important point that he brings up of how can knowing the root of that anger, what's behind this anger, help me to be able to overcome that anger, not only now, but in the future. Yeah, and I, I think for each of us, it's, it's, it's going to be a different type of oh, root, sure. right? And, yeah. And, and I think the willingness to be honest with ourselves like where does this come from uh someone said earlier you know um you know what what someone had said to them right or done to them in other cases right the 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 way we we felt as a child um an injustice that was done to us um you know there's all sorts of sources and sometimes it's not what we're acting on i think in marriage a lot of times you know spouses are angry with each other but they're really not it's not the, the source of the anger isn't the spouse you know, maybe it's a situation, maybe it's the spouse's parents or the spouse's siblings, or maybe it's the situation at work, right? I'm, I'm taking it out on my wife that I'm angry, but in, but in truth, I'm angry at my boss who makes me work so much that I, I can't be with my family, and that causes my wife to be upset. I'm not really angry at my wife, 
but of course she's the one I take it out on because I can't take it out on my boss. Yeah. So I think it's it's yeah. that roots uh, in the business community they sometimes call it Josh uh, 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 root source analysis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, our business didn't just go down because the customer is no longer you know want our want our stuff. Right, something. There's another reason. Maybe it's the marketing has dropped, our product has dropped. Right, our customer service isn't what it was. Whatever it is, we have to figure out what the real cause is. The real cause is. Um, I, I remember speaking to, years ago with a pastor who was just becoming increasingly angry with the young families in his parish because they weren't coming to church. And he was just ranting about it, ranting about it. And finally, someone in the parish council said, Father, can we actually just, like study to see why they're not coming to church? You know, it's not, maybe not they're ignoring you, they don't like you, or they don't appreciate you, or whatever. Well, of course, what it was, it was one of these suburban communities that, you know, on the weekends, everyone was playing soccer. And this parish only had morning masses. And so the people were saying, you know, we go to mass, we just go to a different parish, we go to a five o'clock on Sunday night after soccer games are done. So here the guy was angry at everyone in the world. But it wasn't really the cause. The, the, the reason for his anger was that he didn't have a good man schedule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Figure out what the real cause is. Father, just a, a minute or so left here, but what if I'm not the one dealing with anger, but it's somebody that I do love, somebody that I see? What's the best way that maybe I can help them so that they realize the anger, they let go of that anger? Yeah. Yeah, certainly pray. Pray the power of God can never be underestimated. We know that. So pray that God bless the person. Pray that God really uh, move in their heart and, and do something beautiful. I, I think the other thing that, that always needs to happen is, is just sort of helping them become more aware. Um, and, and sort of in a gentle way, gentle, say, yes. when, when, you're, <laughs> yeah. when, you're, when you're doing this, it's making me feel this. How, how can I help you? How can I support you? Some people really are not aware. They're really honestly not aware. So I think we can help them. What if I've been praying for that person, or maybe I've even been praying for myself, and I just still can't seem to move forward? Obviously, persist in prayer. Any other, I guess, quick advice you might offer? Yeah, never never quick, of course. I I mean, I think there is perseverance in prayer. And sometimes we may not be the person who is going to to reach the person, right? We have to be humble enough, I think, at times to say, you know what, maybe it's going to be someone else who does this. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be a difficult thing where you, especially if you care for them so much that (laughs) you're wanting to help, but you can't seem to be that one to help. Uh, Father Chris Walsh, thank you as always for taking the time to be here with us today. As we're down to about uh, 45 seconds, could I ask you to offer our listeners a blessing as we conclude the hour? Almighty God, as you command us to love one another, we know that you want us to cast out any uh, roots of anger, any wounds that lead to our acting in anger. Please bless all of our listeners, Lord. Deliver them to a place of peace and allow them to act uh, with a righteous anger when injustices do happen, that they may be a source of goodness in our world. And may Almighty God bless all who produce the show and all those who listen, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Father, and I want to thank you for being a part of the program. Maybe you tuned in late, and I say this almost every day. Of course, you can find the podcast at RelevantRadio.com. That's our website, or on the Relevant Radio app, which is an absolutely free download in your mobile device's app store. Tomorrow, well, we're here at the front end of summer. I know it's not officially summer yet, not for, oh, another uh, 10, 11 days here, but we're going to talk about what are some great options 
for spiritual reading for summer reading. And I hope you can join us tomorrow as we'll be talking about that, talking about some great options. And we'd love to hear what you have seen as a, a truly great spiritual read in your life. So you can email us uh, what your favorite books are or uh, call in tomorrow. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned. Mass is next here on Relevant Radio.